It's time for Weekday Chat, and we're glad you're with us. And the key word today is worth, because the world has a view of worth, and Jesus has a view of worth, and we want to talk about the difference today. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you in your journey with Christ. Today's podcast comes from our midweek social media broadcast called Weekday Chat. You can tune in live with us on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, we're glad you're with us today at Weekday Chat. And Sunday, we had a great challenge out of this really familiar account in Jesus' life about a woman at a well that Jesus meets at Sychar in an area of Samaria that the Jews hated traveling through, but Jesus purposely went through there. And, you know, I've heard this text uh, preached. I preached it myself, taught it. And uh, you think you know everything, and then it's presented to you again. And to me, for this week, it was just fresh again. And Justin reminded us of all the walls that we can so easily build without even— I don't think we even recognize it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the walls that were there with this woman were walls of morality, walls of gender, walls of race, walls of religion, all kinds of walls. And Jesus just walked right through those walls to connect with her. And Jesus was always, it wasn't just her. He did that when he, when he touched a leper, he would take down that wall. Or when, when disciples were building walls between him and children, Jesus, no, 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 let the kids come to me. Or when he went to eat in the homes of people that they thought he shouldn't be eating, eating with, he didn't care about the walls other people built, you know? And that's one of the reasons that Everybody's attracted to Jesus, mm-hmm. even if they don't like the church, even if, though, even if they're not necessarily all for Christianity. Jesus himself is such an impactful person, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So, Riley, what I have for you is—and and what I want to say to you at the, initially, Riley, is I love that you, you walk right through walls. That's what I see you, especially in the area of race. I mean, you, you do not let race ever keep you from somebody. In fact, you, they're like magnets to you. When you see a racial wall, you want to crash it down and walk. So thank you for that. Yeah. But all of us have certain walls that are hard to get past, and we need to know what the red flags are in our own lives, right? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, and it's hard to see ourselves. It's hard to be self-aware. What what do you, how do we note these red? What are these red flags? How do we know if we have walls that we put up between ourselves and other people to get to them? Yeah, absolutely. First, thanks for what you said. I, I do want to say that I think for me, my desire to get to know people from other cultures and other races that's really from the Lord. That's that's not yeah. a natural thing for me, and I feel like. Through different experiences in my life, he's really yeah. convicted of me of that, and and now it's you know something that I really enjoy to do. But you know, I think one of the biggest things I've learned about this, I, I learned in school, um, did a couple internships at a church plant mm-hmm. in Tampa, Florida. It was a multicultural church plant, very intentionally trying to break down racial barriers, economic barriers, things like that, and. The hardest thing about some of this is, um, you know, just think of the age old saying birds of feather flock together. I think for most of us, you know, we wouldn't say that, you know, we have, you know, issues with people that are different economic class, different race from a different culture than us. 
But I think it's important to look at the type of people that we normally hang out with. So Kayla and I actually right now we're reading a book. It's called Across the Street and Around the World. It's about Mm -hmm. how you can be involved in missions here in the U.S., um, you know, without necessarily having to go overseas, specifically reaching out to people that are from different cultures. And one of the exercises this book asks you to do is make a list of everybody you hang out with. Mm. So your family, your neighbors, you know, your close friends, people you work with, people you keep up with. And then go through that list and think how many of these people are just like me. So I think that's something that everybody could do just to to think through. Am I I even making an effort to get to know somebody that's different than me? Because, you know, I think the truth is in, in our community, we have a relatively diverse community. You just have to see it. Yes, right. Um, there's right. there's a bunch of people from other cultures. There, yeah. there are people from different economic classes. Um, yes. But I think that, you know, people like me and you generally hang out with people that look just like us and right. have ex- similar experiences. But see, us. this yeah. is where – I want to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. This is where you're so different from me as I see you that you – I think you easily – adapt and love being easily with somebody of a different culture. For me, when I go to another culture on a mission trip or something, like it takes me a while to even feel at ease around them. You know, I feel like this real foreigner and I don't know how to relate very well. Mm -hmm. I do my best. After about a week, I, I start relaxing. Mm-hmm. Some people like like you, as I see you, you walk right into their setting and you're at ease with them as much as you are somebody that's just like you. Mm-hmm. And I always and I do think it's a gift. I think God has. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. Way. The rest of us, but that doesn't give me off the hook, right? I yeah. still have to learn to enjoy that. You know, talking about learning to enjoy these people that are different than you, I do think it's. For some people, it's a natural thing. Yes. But for most of us, I do think it's a learned behavior, and it's something that we have to go out of our way to do. So, so I can learn it. Absolutely, I think so. Okay. And I think a, a big piece in overcoming some of this is um, just overcoming fear of people that are different than us. Sure. And fear is probably a, an overstated word. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that we're afraid of people that are different than us, but, you know, just the uncertainty or, you know, I don't want to offend them. Yes. I think a lot of times we we don't want to make relationships with people that are different than us simply because we don't want to offend them. Um you know, my experience has been that a lot of times those people feel the same way as us. Sure, sure. So somebody's got to take that first step. I've I've got a kind of an interesting story from a couple weeks ago. There's a, an African restaurant on the west side of Indianapolis. I've driven by there several times in the last few months, and I've always thought, you know, I I, I want to go in there. But what was keeping me from doing that was, well, you know, do they speak English? Would I be welcomed? You know, what am I going to order? What am I going to order? All (laughs) that stuff. Well, I went there a couple weeks ago, and when I walked in, there was a young African guy um, who looked at me and said, "You here to eat?" I was like, "Well, yeah, it's a restaurant." Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And um, you know, he ended up interpreting for me, and 
you know, because so, the, the lady behind the counter didn't speak great English from what I could tell. He ended up interpreting for me, helping me order my food, sat down and talked to me while I ate. And then eventually his food was ready. He got up to go leave and go back to work. And, um, you know, when he walked out, he said, hey, just so you know, I took care of your meal. And I was like, what? Wow. And he was like, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for coming and trying our food. That wow. means a lot to me. So. No, that doesn't happen every time. He was better breaking down a wall than you even. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, yes. you know, okay. I think the one thing I would say, and I know I'm talking a lot here, is if if somebody really wants to make a difference in the world in an area like this, I think the easiest thing they can do is learn somebody yeah. else's name. Yeah. Just get to okay. know somebody that's different okay. from them. Yeah. You know, and I, and I also, the other thing I'm learning about myself, it's it's one thing to go through a wall to be friendly and to be um uh, physically present, knowing it's another thing to welcome into your life. Mm. You know, it, it, there is a kind of hospitality of person that is only superficial. That that because we're Christian, this is the way we want to view somebody. It's another thing. Come to my house, sit mm. at my table. Um, let's go to a ball game together. Yeah. You know, let's go out and eat together. It's it's a whole different level, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to learn that too, because I don't. I've done it a little bit, but I don't think I'm very good at that. Yeah. Well, I I think it's just as easy as taking the first step and yes. you know taking the risk and trying to get to know somebody. Yeah, so. for sure. So you know, related to all this, Steve, you know, there's a difference in the way Christ sees worth in people. And the way the world sees yeah, worth yeah, in people. Yeah. So how would you describe that difference? Uh, yeah, to me, there's this strange dichotomy that I don't – I can't explain except for the fact we're creating the image of God. Now, we know as believers our worth comes from that fact, mm. that God breathed in us the breath of life. We became a living soul. He created his image. That gives every person intrinsic worth regardless of who they are. I remember a number of years ago, James Dobson said that our culture is based on, you know, beauty, bucks, and brains. If you have one of those three or all of them, Mm. you're in good shape. I would add to that probably a certain level of giftedness. Mm. I don't know a B word for that. But if your gift or talent in a certain way gives you worth, if you don't have that, then where's your worth? You know, there isn't any. This This is the oddity to me. Because our culture seems to be built that way, our ungodly culture. Yet, if a little girl is stuck in a well, every news channel covers it. If somebody's on the top of a building that's going to jump, I mean, the whole world stops and, and we do everything we can to save that one life. We see it over, which intrinsically seems to be saying, we know there's value in that person. Mm. But then we fall into the trap of acting like people aren't worth that much. So there's this Tension that exists. But yeah. I think deep down, we know worth has to be more than beauty, bucks, and brains, and giftedness, yet we don't operate that way so often in our personal realms. So, yeah. no, I think that's a really, really good uh, observation. Yeah. And I, th- then you bring that to the church because it's so hard, especially with us in leadership. We want to. We want to think well of the church we lead, mm. and now I want to think more broadly of just the American church in general, how we're doing in this, and how is, how is the American church viewed, and how do, we think, how, how do we think the American church is doing in these kinds of settings with different kinds of people? What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting— 
it's an interesting idea. You know, just preparing for this conversation, um, the story from John 9 came to my mind where Jesus and his disciples are walking along and his disciples, they see a man that was born blind and they ask, um, they ask Jesus, you know, who sinned this man or his parents? Yes. You know, because they thought that maybe somehow somebody's sinfulness was, you know, why this man was born blind, some kind of punishment or something like that. You know, there there are places in the world where people still believe stuff like that. My wife, Kayla, she worked with a physical therapist in North Africa um, for a few years when she was in college uh, during the summers. And the people that would come to their physical therapy clinic, uh, you know, somebody was born with some type of um, disability. That's what they believed. Now, in the United States, I don't think that we would connect that with some type of disability. But what I do think we do is if we see somebody who's homeless, we would look at them and say, huh, I wonder what kind of bad decision they made. Yes. Or, you know, if we see somebody who's struggling with some type of addiction and just can't seem to get out of it, we'd be like, man, like, this person just must not be very disciplined. Like, or, or, or somehow this philosophy, well, they made their bed, you got to sleep in it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that's, that's the way our culture views things. I think that's a lot of times the way the church views things, too, unfortunately. One thing that I think Christians have to be really careful of when they try to help people that are different than them, that are down on their luck, whatever it is, is sometimes we get in this mindset where we – we want to make a good investment. Um, like, oh, well, you know, if I give my money to that person, are they going to use it well? Or, you know, is this re- person really trying hard to make themselves better? Yeah, right. And frankly, I don't see that in the ministry of Jesus. Sure. sure. You know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, there was probably a lot of yeah. freeloaders there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, there are people there who they did not yeah. care to follow Jesus. They wanted to be healed. They you know, wanted to be one of the cool people that were following Jesus around. They were bored. Right. So, you know, I think that's something we have to keep in mind is the Lord has showed us a ton of grace. Yes, he has. And in the same, you know, like we could never earn our way to heaven. Yes. We we could never earn our relationship with him, no matter how good we think we might be. Um, And and I think we all know that if we're followers of Christ, but that doesn't always translate to the way that we treat other people. As we were reminded Sunday, we're all screw-ups, right? Yeah. But but we 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 want to label different screw ups at different different uh, le- levels of worth and value. I mean, we we would criticize maybe an addict or an alcoholic, but then to numb our pain, we'll go on a shopping spree at the mall, mm-hmm. you know, or we'll veg out four hours of television every night to get away from the boredom <laughs> yeah, of our work lives. Right. You know, we, we all have issues in our lives, and and people will say, I hear people say, well, I don't intend to be like that. Well, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Justin started his sermon, he had to go through Samaria. When we don't live intentionally, we default Mm -hmm. to a life with less meaning and less purpose, less direction, Mm -hmm. and then the trap the world lays out for us and we fall right into it. Yeah, that's good. We've got to be a different people. Absolutely. And, you know, another important thing to keep in mind is, um, you know, we all have this sin nature. um, And, you know, I think some of us... We sin some ways. Some of us we sin other yes, ways, and we've yes. got to remember, you know, we don't we don't want to make one sin worse than the other. That's right. Um, because in God's eyes, they're all well, just it's as bad. one remedy. You know, there are lots of different fallout because of sin. So there there are some 
varying seriousness because of the, mm-hmm. what happens as a result. But one remedy, the blood and sacrifice of Christ, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we all need him desperately, yeah. for sure. No, thanks, Steve. Good conversation. Thank you. Thank so, you so yeah. much, Riley. Hey, everybody, I just want to say thanks for watching today. Uh, I know this is a really important conversation for Steve and I just because of our experiences. And, and I want you to know this is an important conversation for our church. You know, our vision here is impacting homes by opening ours. And one of the things that we want to do is open our church home to all the different types of people in our community. And that's something we're we're trying to do better. We're growing in. And we really appreciate those of you who are trying to grow with us in this process. You know, if you're watching this and, you know, you've never checked out our church before because you think, well, you know, they're that big brick church on the corner. You know, I, I don't know if they'd accept people like me. Just give us a try. You know, let us show you that we're different than you think we are. And um, I want you to know that we really want you to be here with us. So thanks everybody for watching. Hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening today. It's our desire to help you grow as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church, would like to attend an online service or plan an in-person visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you'd like to receive our podcast directly to your device, we encourage you to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.